Hey, Phoenix Lafay, how are you doing? I'm a little bit cranky. A little bit cranky. Now, last week you were peachy keen, and the week before that you were groovy. This well, week you're cranky. Like <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, so peachy is the less than groovy? Yes, apparently. <laughs> On the scale of groovy to cranky, I'm Phoenix Lafay, you can't be cranky. It's nearly Christmas, Yule, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, yeah, solstice But as you may know, because you know these things. I own a retail business called Milk and Honey, and this is our busy time. So as much as I want to be like Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? I'm a little bit like, hand sanitize, <laughs> blah, it's busy, I need a nap. <laughs> yeah. But you're very grateful for all the customers. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And I do really enjoy this time of the year. I love twinkle lights, and I love all the chipperness of people coming in. <laughs> so excited. The chipperness. Yeah, chipper. People are lots of... Lots of, lots of chipperness. Mm. Anyway, but right now I'm tired and a little worn out and a little cranky. As an introvert, I get overly peopled. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. And as a as an extrovert, I'm slowly dying over here <laughs> yeah, by being locked inside the house. Yeah. <laughs> no, I do get enough people, uh, but it's, I have a longer rope than you do for yeah. that. There's a rope? Yeah, yeah. And you're <laughs> at the end of yours, clearly. <laughs> so, hey... Um, it is, in fact, the season of uh, Yule and winter solstice mm-hmm. and about a dozen other holidays that yes. various... Christmas on Zaquanica. Right, exactly. Various folks and various traditions around the world celebrate different things in the month of December and early January. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, as pagans, probably the two or maybe three-ish things that we celebrate are uh, Yule, mm-hmm. Um winter solstice and then i think some folks i know me included very much i celebrate the secular christmas you know i don't put mm-hmm. the christ in christmas but i certainly do put the christmas presents in christmas yeah you know the christmas also tree saturnalia that a lot oh yeah saturnalia yeah a lot of modern pagans honor yeah you think i'd know about that because i wrote a blog about making uh wine specifically for mm-hmm. saturnalia an old roman wine that's made with honey and wine and um Black pepper. It's really mm-hmm. spicy. It's speaking of um, things to drink, I've got a delicious glass of eggnog here. Oh, eggnog. That's good to drink. We need to do a lot of talking. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. So, um, you know, it makes you back your throat all mm-hmm. faffy and stuff. So, um, yeah, this time of year, um, there's a lot going on from a pagan perspective. I think there's, there's generally a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, you know, I was just, I was thinking about some of that. Um, it's so often, I think, the theme of what we talk about this time of year is the, with the winter solstice and the celebrations around it, um, we talk about the light a lot, mm-hmm. you know, the longest night and the shortest day. And, you know, there's, there's in the Northern Hemisphere, at least, right? Right. Um, well, winter solstice. That's true across the globe. It's just it happens at two different times. Two different times, right. Yeah, exactly. So in December, in the Northern Hemisphere, yes, right. um, somewhere around the 21st, 22nd-ish, depending on you know exactly how things line up, we go through something called axial tilt, right? Which is the... Way less nice sounding. Than I know, happy axial tilt. Mm. Um, but, you know, it's literally the point when uh, in, in the Northern Hemisphere, the planet is tilted the farthest away from the sun. So we get the least amount of daylight. And, you know, depending on exactly where you are, 
Um, sunset is usually about four o'clock in the afternoon, which I know drives you bonkers because yeah, like you don't like that. I, I dread the winter darkness until winter solstice, and then I'm like, like a minute back a day, right? It's worth it. Yeah, it yeah, is. These, this next week is like the hardest time of the year for me because it's so dark. Well, you know, and that sort of, you know, leads me into this point where we, you know, we spend an increasingly longer time in the darkness than we do in the daylight. And again, you know, depending on exactly where you live, it could be, yeah. you know, many, many hours. There are some places that won't see daylight for three more months, right. you know, things like that. Yeah, I'm really spoiled, actually, when it comes yeah. to it. <laughs> yeah, so... Again, we spend all this time sort of in the in the darkness, and I think there's a natural proclivity because it's dark to stay inside, to mm-hmm. be interior. Um, and then on the solstice, you know, we start get, get, getting to that fulcrum point, right, where the the center point of the pendulum, you know, sort of swings for a moment, and then we begin, like you said, to gain time each day. Yeah. But I'm always curious, you know, how do modern witches and pagans um, honour this sort of celestial and earthly dance with our own personal magic. You know, what do we do to sort of celebrate this time of year? I think one of the fascinating things about being a witch is that there are so many times when we get to sort of start again, you know, different celebrations. If you look at sort of the eight festivals that are very commonly celebrated in the witch world, not necessarily by everyone or every tradition but there is sort of this uh solstice uh, the darkness is coming to an end we're moving into the light but i also think that maybe takes a little bit away from or um favors the light over the dark mm-hmm. and i was just sort of thinking about that you know while it is wonderful to think about the light returning and we could project onto that that could mean um, you know, we've got a new presidential administration coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, depending on your own political leanings, you could look at that as, you know, sort of a um, light returning, you know, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps. You could um, look at some of the advances, perhaps, that are being made with COVID and various vaccines. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, depending on where you are in the world, COVID is disappearing and in other places it's maintaining and in other places with vaccines coming, it might finally be under control. Like that's a way to sort of look at, you know, turning the page on 2020, which has been a bit of a rough year, to say the least. Um, And there's also, there is deep and profound and wonderful and joyous magic that happens in the dark. And I think sometimes we focus so much on the light is returning bit that we don't always get a chance to focus on the, um, the darkness bit. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say, I know you believe this as well, that, you know, light isn't good, dark isn't bad, both are needed, there's balance, you can't have light without darkness, you know, darkness doesn't exist without light. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no judgment on which one of those is better, they serve different purposes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know, it's just sort of two sides of the coin, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, what kind of... Um, Winter solstice magic do you do? What sort of um, winter solstice meditations or rituals do you do that are more about the interior, the 
know, playing in the darkness as opposed to the the light is returning kind mm -hmm. of winter solstice stuff. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's why I stopped talking. I know there was like a very long sentence where I didn't take breath there, but yeah, that was now meant for you to chat. Uh, yeah, um, you know, there's been a few things that I've done over the years in that regard. You keep saying light is returning, so now the Charlie Murphy song, light is returning, is playing in my head. I almost started singing it and interrupting you, but I wasn't sure if you'd throw something well, You want to sing it now? <clears throat> oh, throat clearing. <laughs> light is returning, even though this is the darkest hour, no one can hold back the dawn. There's more lyrics, but I don't know. Yeah. That's usually just the one that gets repeated over and over. I love that song. I do too. And who would have guessed that uh, Eddie Murphy's brother it's wrote that? Eddie Murphy's brother. Charlie Murphy is a different person than Eddie Murphy's brother, Charlie Murphy. <laughs> who knew Charlie Murphy would be such a common name? Anyway, um, yeah, I think it's a challenge, this winter solstice moment for the Northern Hemisphere. In this particular winter no, solstice? All the time. Mm. Because culturally, it is a speed-up time. We are um, preparing for big holidays. We are preparing, typically this year is different, but we are typically preparing for big holidays and the hustle and bustle of Christmas shopping or holiday shopping and uh, having uh, holiday parties and New Year's Eve, and that, which is a whole sort of gets wrapped into everything that happens in the month of and December. And travel, all that travel often. That's what I'm saying. There's this busyness that comes in the month of December where people are out more, doing more, even though they're, it's colder and darker, so there's this, this desire to want to stay in. Our culture, at least in North America, doesn't really follow that. We're not quieting down and going a little dormant and, and fallow and, and contemplative at this time of the year. Our, our friends and neighbors and loved ones are hustle and bustling to get all their pretty packages and bows and junk. So I think it's a, it's a challenge for those of us who want to ride the wave of uh, what the world is doing and to feel the... There's an opportunity at the winter solstice to really go within and hibernate. And that's, I mean, this whole like spiel I'm on is leading to this concept of hibernation, which is a ritual I've done a couple of years now, maybe more than a couple, I don't even know. But it's a, like a literal ritual of creating sacred space, crawling under the blankets, acknowledging it's time to slow down. And almost doing like a time magic thing where I want, I need to slow down and reserve like a bear. <laughs> Bears are not connected to the sign of Taurus, but it feels very Taurian to be like, okay, I'm going to slow down. Although I'm going to keep the hustle and bustle going, as I mentioned, owning a retail business. It's not like I can go to be like, okay, I'm taking the month of December off. Right. And I'm going to curl up on the couch with this blanket and drink tea for the month. That might feel like what I want to do, but it's not the reality of what I can do. And it is is—it is this dichotomy, isn't it? Yeah. You know, because the um, really just a few hundred years ago, mm -hmm. um, especially in, uh, you know, places like um, you know, the British Isles and, and Europe, the continent, and then certainly in the Americas, just a couple hundred years ago, maybe not even, 
at this time of year, we would have slowed down. You know, right. when the world yeah. was more agrarian, yeah. you there, there wasn't as much to do. Right. Um, you would be eating dry foods and things that you had stored from the harvest. Right. You would be inside, inside more. Stories, yeah. Fires, all of that. So for, you know, millennia upon yeah. millennia, yeah. our bodies and our minds and our rituals and our cultures would have shifted at this yeah. time of year. Yeah. Or, you know, the, the appropriate time of year in the hemisphere you're in. but would, or, or the culture, or the right. um, bioregion. Yeah, yeah, you would have shifted. Yeah, those folks in Los Angeles have more daylight and more warmth more of the year than even we do in Northern California. Right, right. and so then you keep going go north. Portland and it, yeah. it shifts into the darkness earlier and all that. Yeah. But I think it's also, we are mammals. Like, we can't forget that. So there is also something very lizard brain that is part of our... Hey, wait a minute. You just said mammals and lizards. You know what I mean. Mixed metaphors I, That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is very, very much our animal makeup yeah. to want to be protected and warm and inside when it's dark and cold and rainy out. Yeah. You know, that's just part of our, our animal nature. And we, we work against that. Right, we work against it because our culture says, oh, look, it's, you know, yeah. just to put a point on it, it's Christmas time yeah. for many folks. Right. It, it may be the holiday, the holiday season in general, but people go, oh, you know, we've, we've got to hang lights, we've got to visit family, we've got to go to the office Christmas party. You we've... can't forget to buy, buy, buy. Right. You've got to get this thing and that thing, and then there's that party and that gathering. And, Wait, blah, blah, and, blah. and not to say that any of those things are necessarily bad. Like, yeah. I love all of that stuff, but, like you said, if we sort of follow the idea that, Pagans in general, and maybe witches in particular, follow the cycle of the seasons. You know, yeah. that's the the myth and the romance of what we like to think about as yeah. as pagans, the right? The, the wheel of the year. What we should be doing at the wheel of the year this time of year is being inside and yeah. being quiet slowing and down. slowing down. So I, I want you to go back to that um, hibernation ritual mm -hmm. because it's something we've both done. Yeah. Um, can you? I know you began to describe it, yeah. but. I mean, it's literally, we put on sweats and, like, yeah. all of our wintry bed well, clothes. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Well, and to give context, so uh, in the reclaiming tradition of witchcraft, initiation is a personal choice. You do not have to be initiated into reclaiming to get... Where is this going? <laughs> yeah, well, it'll, it, you'll see where we're going. You don't have to be initiated to get any secret keys or anything like that. Uh, so if you choose initiation, it's a very personal journey. One of my initiators, because I am initiated into that tradition, gave me this challenge mm. to do a hibernation ritual because I am a workaholic. Uh, I do um, constantly fill my schedule with things, um, and I, I keep myself very busy, and there there are reasons for that because I love teaching and I love writing and I love all my work in the world. And you have deep-seated issues about being alone <laughs> and, and quiet. And quiet, <laughs> yes. yes. And I have personal work to do about slowing down and uh, and then feeling okay with that. So she challenged me with, with a hibernation. And it was meant to be a ritual at the winter solstice that went on until Imbolc, until February. And to really acknowledge the slowing down, even if my external life, because of the shock, couldn't slow down, my internal world, I, I needed to ritualize 
her suggestion was I should try and ritualize and really take that on. So, you know, as you know, Gwyneth, you came on the journey with me and decided to do this process too. But basically, you know, we created sacred space like you do. We cast a circle and um, made it very intentional and made a little fort-like, cave-like, pillow, blankety, you know, uh, Venusian delight. We did. I mean, we <laughs> grabbed, we have some uh, fake fur blankets. Yeah. We had fur blankets. We put every blanket we owned on the bed. So not only was it this sort of den, this yeah. cave-like den, but it, and wickedly comfortable, um, but it was also heavy. Right, and dark, like all the light was extinguished. Yeah. And yeah. then it was a moment of, of really intentionally crawling into that warmth and protection and darkness and stating, I am allowing myself to slow down while my life continues at the pace it needs to. You know, so there was a spoken intention as part of this ritual, really acknowledging, I am busy. I am, I, my work life is busy, the th- my projects will get completed, and my inner life is going to slow down and go into a restful place. And I'm going to go into the darkness and see what seeds are starting to germinate and see what is ready, what wants to grow, what wants to develop from that darkness. Later in the year. No, I mean, the winter, at that specific moment, wasn't when I figured all of this out, but it was when I set the intention that that's what I was going to do with yeah. this hibernation. Yeah. Speaking those goals out loud. And then, you know, we crawled into this cave and got all cozy and spoke these intentions aloud. And then, funnily enough, we fell asleep, yeah. which is not what I expected to yeah, happen. You, you never nap. No, I don't nap. Um, I don't like to be hot when I'm sleeping. I get overheated very easily. I don't like to cuddle and be... So I, don't, I get like suffocated very easily. Um, and then waking up from that was... It felt like we were in some sort of... Uh, well, ritual. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we yeah. were in a ritual. But it, it took a lot longer, like deliciously. Yeah, so. yeah. well, and if I remember correctly, the first time we slept through the night. And it's also interesting to sleep in sacred space and how that changes the way you sleep and what comes through and the dreams and the intentions and how those flow together. But that hibernation experience didn't end at the end of that ritual in the morning when we woke up and opened up the circle. That hibernation experience went on through the rest of December, through the month of January, and into February. And that's when we decided to break our hibernation. Because for a moment, I thought I might go all the way to the spring equinox, but that felt like too long. And then coming out of that hibernation was like, okay, this is all the knowledge I've learned in the darkness. These are all the seeds that are starting to poke their heads out. These are all the things that I want to feed and foster and give more energy to. And I'm ready to crawl out of this cave. And so it was almost reverse engineering that ritual. Yeah. You know, setting up the same thing again, but then crawling in acknowledging all of that and emerging yeah 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 i mean it felt um you know so it was a long ritual which is something i also think we don't talk about a lot as witches you know so often we talk about doing the spell you can do today to get the thing you want tomorrow Mm -hmm. but one of my favorite uh, aspects to magic is the the long magic 
you know, the magic that you return to year after year, mm-hmm. lifetime after lifetime, perhaps. And I, I really love that, that this is a ritual that's become part of what we do. Um, but it did, it, it took several months. Now, you know, that doesn't mean that for three months we laid in bed under blankets every day. We still yeah. had to get up and yeah. go to work and do other things. But the awareness of being interior Mm-hmm. is what was so delicious about it right. right and being able to sort of hold the lens of not having to say yes or no to anything right. in the moment just like oh there's a thing to notice what's coming up is that something that I want to spend my time and my energy on when I've got the bandwidth to do that and I think that was really part of the the magic of it and I do remember the the crawling out and feeling like I was, um, you know, I was a daffodil bulb poking mm-hmm. through the earth in, in, well, where we live in February. Have you ever gone into a sauna or like mm. a sweat lodge or something like that? It, it was very reminiscent of that feeling. Yeah. Of, you know, just being, for me, because I don't like to be overheated, it was very much like, okay, I'm hot, I'm uncomfortable, there's just too much, I need to get out of this. And feeling like that bursting forth, that... Um, the cool air hitting you and, you know, the, kind of the, the sweat, all of that. Like, I wonder, clearing. this is off topic a bit, but I, I wonder, like, if I, I don't want to anthropomorphize uh, a bulb, you know, like a flower bulb, <laughs> but I wonder if that's much the feeling that a bulb has, you know, mm-hmm. where the it's been underground and, and essentially dormant for months and months and months, and then whatever it is in the change in the weather that, you know, the earth begins to warm up or whatever it is where it triggers it. And it's like, oh, I just got to burst forth. Mm -hmm. Like, I've just got to reach the surface. I wonder if that's a similar kind of um, uh, pull, you know, if it's the same kind of um, compelling nature. I know that's how it. I will. I'll check in with the local daffodils and see what they have to say about that. So coming back to winter solstice, Mm -hmm. this this notion of uh, magic in the dark, Right. right. It's um, there's really great value in exploring that. You know, the, I know some people say that they're scared of the dark or, or, or what have you. Um, but you know that old expression about there being uh, power in what we fear, right? You know, where there's fear, there's power, and if we have the ability to sort of push through it and look at it. So, um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so now let's do a quick switch. So there is this notion of uh, balance mm-hmm. uh, and this notion of tipping back towards the light. And, I'm, you know, we were at a ritual 15 years ago, maybe, maybe, maybe a bit longer. But we were at a ritual many, many years ago now where I remember it as clear as day where where a giant earthenware vase mm-hmm. was smashed into bits yeah. and then reassembled. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious if you would describe that, because I know we have different recollections of it, mm-hmm. but um, I know, you know, we're still talking about that ritual 15 years later. Yeah. We've wanted to recreate that ritual probably every year for the last 15 years. I don't know that we ever have, but no. um, anyone that was at that ritual, and there were probably... 150, 200 people at that ritual, whenever we bump into them, they go, oh, you know, that ritual. Mm -hmm. Which is one of the reasons why you should never recreate that ritual because it was so brilliant, we could never do it justice again, (laughs) you know. Um, 
But can you say a little bit about what we did in that, or what we witnessed? Because I don't think we actually, we were just um, at that ritual. We didn't have anything to do with the planning of it, right? I don't, I'm, honestly, I remember the ritual theater of it, but I don't really remember. Like, if I think we were, there was this earthenware giant thing in the middle of the room. It's like it was a vase. Something-ish, yeah. yeah. And uh, they, um, you know, were... I believe that the leader of the ritual then smashed it. And there was something about when we get smashed as humans or when we get broken as humans. Yeah. And then it culminated in this thing getting broken. You want me to go into like the ritual technology of it? Yeah. Okay. So then then we all go on a, a, a meditation, a, a trance, a journey, whatever you want to call it. <coughs> so we all have our eyes closed and the ritual priestesses wrap a fabric around this broken vase and they These all, big shards. Yeah, yeah, they all have hot glue guns, which we don't know and can't see because A, it's dark, B, they have a sheet wrapped around themselves and three, I forget how I was counting. Um, you know, we're on a journey, we're on a meditation and we can't see, we're not looking. Um, so they're gluing the pieces back together, but they're just gluing. They're not like fixing or repairing they're just gluing and while they're doing that as they finish they put light inside of it you put your candles yeah. yeah so at the end when we're coming back from our trance journey from this meditation on our broken selves and blah 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 um we start to sing this song um, forget your perfect offering ring the bells that still can ring there is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Which is a, an adaptation, uh, adaptation of a Leonard Cohen song. Right, yeah. right. Alphonsus, Mooney, and I think Susan Stone. I think so, yeah. Uh, but, so we come back from our trance journey and we've all been doing these compl- contemplations about the winter solstice and the light, letting the light shine through our broken pieces and blah, 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 and then we start to sing the song, and then the priestesses do this big reveal of this vase that was in shards, and it's now been rebuilt, but it's kind of haggard and jagged and a little janky, and, but the light is shining through it, and it was quite a ritual theater moment. Yeah. It was quite moving. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was the only light in the room. Yeah. The, the, I hate this phrase, but the ritual technology of it was quite smart, uh, and it was impactful. Yeah, well, yeah. clearly, because we're yeah. still talking about and then it. we did a spiral dance around it, Yeah, singing that song. Yeah, and it really was, again, I think it was, you know, if you want to use magic as a metaphor for life, which a lot of folks do, you look at the magic of it, it was, it, even in the brokenness of the world at the time, yeah. even in the brokenness, perhaps, of our own selves or our own bodies, there is still this light, and it can return. Right. You know, I think... Um, Somebody wrote recently on one of the pagan blogs that, you know, what is, I think it was Jason Mankey, but wrote that, you know, what most of the winter celebrations have in common is this theme of hope or renewal. Mm. And I think that was a lot of what that ritual was about. That, yes, in, not, um, not despite the brokenness, but because of the brokenness, the light can shine through. Right. It, if you had put a candle in that vase, you would never have seen it. Right. It was because it was cracked and because it was broken that this radiance could actually right. come through. And I think, I think about that 
as we go into this holiday season. I think about where the world is today. And again, depending on where you live, you, you're more or less affected by it. But I think about how, okay, um, the, the presidency is changing. To my way of thinking, that's a good thing. Is it the best thing? No, but it's a better thing. Mm -hmm. So how do we say, okay, well, you know, the, the vase of the American dream is broken, mm -hmm. but there is still places, there are now places for the light to come through. You mm -hmm. know, some of the grips of patriarchy are beginning to loosen. Some of the grips of misogyny and transphobia and, you know, some of the other ills of the world are beginning to crack and mm -hmm. to break and and brilliant stories tragic and wonderful and beautiful stories are beginning to shine through where they would not have been able to shine through before yeah. and I think that's the thing about winter solstice magic that is really evocative for me it's this this delving into the darkness delving into the you know the rich earth of our life mm -hmm. and not doing not yeah. saying what will I grow, but what yeah. is here? What is it to be still and silent? What is it to um, have our interior landscapes be, you know, dark, rich soil, right. you know? And then um, this returning of the light, yeah. you know, how and, and to dance in both of those worlds, not to vilify one or the other. Right. Um, but to say, yes, this thing is, it is dark and delicious here, not dark and scary. Right. You know, it is bright and that bright sometimes shines lights on things that we'd rather not see. Yeah. Like, I think that is such powerful magic. One of the things I've really been contemplating this year through the, the wheel of the year, even though that phrase is starting to not be my favorite, but... Uh, one of the things that when we've reached each of the equinoxes and solstices, I, I had this, and this is no great epiphany, but I had this epiphany that whatever is happening in the Northern Hemisphere, the opposite of that is happening in the Southern Hemisphere. Mm. Obvs, right? <laughs> Everyone gets that. But what that means is there is never a point where we're not in balance. Right. So although we here are at the, the darkest point of the year, in the southern hemisphere, they have the least amount of darkness of the year, and so there is still balance. There's and that's always a, balance, right? And it's just a fascinating way to look at the globe as, you know, a, a full expression rather than my little peanut of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, because there is never a moment where it's not in balance. It's one of those things, you know. I often. Um, you know, people say things uh, like, um, oh, that's not natural. Mm -hmm. I could be talking about anything. And it's like, what is not natural? Right. You know, or that's, that, 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 that's not like earthly. It's like, well, wait a minute. Like, it's happening on the earth. Right. Unless you go somewhere else, which is, what, 500 people or something have left the earth, you know? Um, something like that. All the various astronauts, you know. But so that means that the roughly 7 billion other people on the planet and the billions of people that have lived on this planet since, you know, year yeah. dot, everything is natural. Everything occurs on this planet. This is our home. It is our body. It is, we, we live on it. And for the vast majority of us, although, as we talked about, I would happily get in a rocket 
a spaceship and fly into space, I think that would be brilliant. I, if they called me tomorrow and said, we want to shoot you into the space, I'd be like, right, I'm there. As long as, you know, I was coming back. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, that'd be brilliant. But this is, it is one planet. And so often we think that we live in one town or one state or we're one nation or where we belong to one uh, particular group of people, whatever we might identify that as. We don't. We actually belong to uh, humankind. Yeah, well, and the whole globe is impacted by things that happen all over. But there's a tsunami. It it impacts all kinds of places. If there's a volcanic eruption, the entire globe gets impacted by that. So we are... A global, we need to have global awareness. Yeah, and I said, you know, There's we are... so much water, the air recycles. Yeah, like, yeah. And I said, you know, we're humankind, but we are we are one of the kind yeah, that live on right. this planet. Plants, animals, yeah, all of it. Like yeah. We are, yeah, yeah. So it's... It's a whole it, other topic, but yeah. But I do love that <laughs> contemplation that it is, while it is the darkest time of the year here, it is the lightest time of year somewhere else, yeah. and that's always in flux. Yeah always in balance yeah it, but it, and it's always in balance right so it's like the in Norse mythology there's the moon and the sun are two wolves that chase each other yeah trying to devour each other's tails uh, and it's kind of like that yeah. you know like the, the the turning of time which you know again you know when you think about sort of the very sentimental and romantic themes of this year it's always about you know good cheer, goodwill to men. It's mm-hmm. the time of year when we're a little bit nicer to everybody. Um, and, you know, that that doesn't have to be for one season, right? Mm-hmm. That can be all the time or more of the time. Right. And I love that idea, you know, this, this um, why not? Yeah. Why not, you know? Mm-hmm. All right, so let's talk about some uh, some... Magic. What's good magic to do? So if you're not, if you've been listening to this so far and you've thought, what the fuck are they blubbering on about about going into the darkness? What's some really uh, what's practical magic that you can do now? I, I know, like one thing that I love to do. Mm. Um, uh, candle magic is a favorite of mine, mm. and uh, just a plug, by the way. Um, I've loved candle magic for years. I've written several blogs on it. I know you practice candle magic. You've taught candle magic classes. Do yourself a favor, folks. If you haven't gotten a copy of this book already, Madame Pamita wrote a book called Candle Magic, and mm-hmm. it is the be-all and end-all of candle magic. Yeah, it's it's, the, really it's the, mo- is the most complete book on candle magic. Yeah, but candle magic mm-hmm. <laughs> is something that I like to do at this time of year. Yeah. Uh, I know you do too. Um, you know, one of my um, favorite rituals, we've done this many times, we've done this in, in various traditions, is we go through the house um, on or as close to the solstice as possible mm-hmm. and we extinguish every light in the house. Mm-hmm. And by every light, I mean like we unplug the microwave, you know, so the the clock isn't on the microwave. We put a black... Uh, sheet over a television if there's you know over the cable box or whatever so that and any lights that are in the home are completely out Mm -hmm. and then we go into each room with a little candle you know it can be one of those little four inch chime candles or a taper candle that you put in a candle holder or whatever you've got you know but we light one candle We're, we're both in one room the house is completely dark we even turn off things like the heater 
right? So that you can really feel the coldness. Mm -hmm. And then we go into one room. Uh, and often that's been, I think, well, we've, we've done it in the bedroom, but we've also done it in, like, the living room as well. Mm -hmm. But we take one candle and we light one light in one room. Yeah. And then we go to the next room and we light a candle from that first candle. Mm -hmm. And we go through the entire house slowly bringing back the light. And we try. So part of the magic is you extinguish all the lights and then you sit in the house for as long as you can in the dark and maybe the cold. You know, as a real visceral reminder of what it is to sit in the dark and the cold. Mm -hmm. And then to light one light. And it's amazing what one little lumen can do, how it can illuminate a whole yeah. home. And then also the warmth that comes from huddling around this little four-inch chime candle. Right. But then going through the house and slowly lighting a candle in each one of those rooms yeah. and then letting that light be... And then plugging the microwave back in and then turning on the porch light, you know, like slowly bringing those lights back into the world. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, really, for me, harkens back to some of the, again, sort of traditional and romantic and sentimental uh, visions of what pagans did, uh, witches did in the past of extinguishing all of the fires in the home right. and then starting uh, lighting a new fire in the heart. Yeah. on the solstice you know yeah. bringing new light into the house mm -hmm. so that's magic I like to do it this year is again you know really revel in the darkness mm -hmm. uh, and then slowly bring back the light yeah what about you what kind of magic do you like to do this time of year I don't like to do much <laughs> which is actually part of it right yeah I mean you know there are some superstitions about uh, you know, after Samhain through Imbolc, you don't do a lot of, of ritual or magic or spell work or initiations, things like that. I'm not quite that strict, um, but I do try to keep it to a minimum. I like to make pomanders. I was actually thinking about that yesterday because oh, I yeah. had to do, uh, you know, I make uh, ritual oils for the shop. And one of them, the Dionysus oil, has a, um, a whole clove. And I ended up putting three whole cloves in it yesterday for some reason. I was just following my instincts. But I was like, oh, I have whole cloves. I should make some pomander. What's a pomander for people so that don't know? So it's a citrus, typically an orange. And then you poke full, um, whole cloves into it. And, you know, typically you would do like a circle and then across the circle. So you have like a, an X on either side. Um, and you hang them in your doorway or, you know, over a, your kitchen or whatever. And it's supposed to keep negative energy away, but it also smells good. You know, you get the citrus with the clove scent. It's a um, pretty old school European. I don't know what part of European it originates from, but um, it might be Italy because it's very Aradian. Because in the book of Aradia, there are spells that you do with a lemon and... Um, pins. So it always makes me think of Aradia. I don't think that it has anything to do with Aradia in reality, but it makes me think of that because it's very much like this, the lemon spell. But I like to do that, and it's mostly the reason I like to do it is for, for protection, to have protection amulets because I'm kind of a protection junkie. Um, but, you know, I also like things that smell good and that look pretty, and then when it starts to get, you know, shrivelly and a little moldy maybe, then you just give it to the land spirits or recycle it or put it in your compost bin. Or 
So I had two things. Mm. So one, you talked about, you know, again, so you've got an orange that's studded with cloves. What you can also do with it, you know, being the old kitchen witch here, is when you get done with it or it begins to shrivel or whatnot, you can actually cut it into quarters, put it in a saucepan or uh, even a crock pot, and you can put a little bit of wine or some other flavorings in there, you Mm. know, and you can make a really nice like a, a potpourri, you know, yeah. you can burn it as a scent yeah. and then you get that lovely citrus and clove and, you know, maybe cinnamon or whatever else you put in there. You get this really lovely, like a mulled wine mm-hmm. kind of smell. So you can do that with them yeah. as well if you don't want to wait until they're, you know, shriveled months from now. Yeah. So you can do a thing with them. Um, so that's one thing. Interestingly enough, I have a really similar memory. Um, every year at, Christmas, and I'm specifically using that term, in the Church of England that I grew up in, there was always, um, I was going to say ritual, there was always a service, it's a ritual, um, at this time of year, where as a little choir boy in my little red and white cassock and surplice and my little Elizabethan ruff around my neck, we would process down the, the... uh, central aisle of mm-hmm. the church, cross the nave, go up into the where the altar was and um, sit in the choir pews, you know. Mm-hmm. And the whole time we were walking, we would have an orange in our hand. And in the orange was a white four-inch tapered candle. Yeah. And then off of that, there was a red and a white ribbon. Mm-hmm. And we as the choir would process holding these... Right lit oranges and then there were you know various songs that we would sing and I think you know I don't know what comes first I don't know if it's a you know oranges are often associated with Spain right so I don't know if it's um and and some of those spices are associated with the the Middle East as well so obviously the the Moors and the Spaniards were uh, neighbors or conquestors of each other (laughs) making words up but there is this notion, like, again, I don't know if, it, if it's Spain or Italy or it's an, an older European pagan thing. I have no idea where that tradition comes from. I'd be curious to look it up. Yeah. But you talking about pom- pomanders, mm-hmm. that was a very much a part. We would make them in school yeah. to take home for yeah, the Christmas yeah. holidays. Well, and citrus fruits in winter. So, you know, that's one of the things mm. that, that always confused me because I don't think of things fruiting in winter, but citrus fruits in winter, so that's why... Well, it certainly does here, yeah. Yeah, so oranges, and right, in, in this bioregion where we live in, obviously if you're in Minneapolis, you probably don't have a lot of citrus trees, but back in the day, 100, 200, 500 years ago, citrus would end up in more northern European climes because of trade. Yeah. So they were, citrus was often given as gifts. Because, because it, was it was rare. It was rare and it was expensive. It was kind of a fancy thing. Yeah. Like we, we often watch shows about, you know, old English royalty and junk because Guillaume being of the British persuasion and stuff. And foodie. But, you know, the very wealthy royal type peoples would have luscious banquet tables filled with citrus that they wouldn't even eat. It just showed how wealthy that they were because they had all this stuff. So it's also a symbol of wealth. Yeah. So it's a way at this time of the year where things may be a little bit tighter. You know, think of our ancestors who would have been surviving off whatever they had stored and saved and prepared for 
this is the winter solstices where you're really looking like, okay, how long is all this going to last? Right. You know, so it's a little bit of abundance magic too. Like we'll make it through the season, you know, the, the sun will shine again, all that type of energy. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, so any other magic you do at this time? Like you said, you don't do a lot of magic this mm-hmm. year. So that's mm-hmm. mostly it. No, I mean, it's more just past this time of the year. You know, winter solstice is, um, it's really more of like a rest, a pause, especially because things are so busy. The week of, when, you know, life, like secular life, the week of winter solstice is the same as the week of Christmas. And so that's the really the busiest week in my year, really. Uh, and so it's right after that that I start to shift and, um, you know, maybe start looking at the magic I want to do. Because there is so much winter solstice, New Year's Eve, the end of the year, the, you know, new beginnings. Like, all of that vibe is so very similar. You know, when we think about New Year's resolutions and junk like that, so much of that is really wrapped up into winter solstice and, and the energy of winter solstice. So. Yeah, speaking of which, our next show is going to be about New Year magic. Oh, there you go. Not resolutions, but some rituals that we've been doing for years and yeah, years. Yeah, we'll see now you do. Show, I was like, this is what we're talking about. I'm like, oh. Well, our next show is going to be about uh, New Year magic and okay. New Leaf tradition, New Year traditions. New leaf. Turning over a new leaf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So anyway, you were saying. No, just there's a lot of energy that's similar. Yeah, yeah. So where do you fall on the, you know, so every year you see memes going around that say, uh, you know, pagans are the reason for the season and that Christmas is just stolen <laughs> Saturnalia and, and all of that kind of yeah. stuff. You know, I think um, there are some traditions that reach way back. Yeah. Um, again, Saturnalia for one of them, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and there are other traditions that I think have been melded. I think it's almost impossible mm-hmm. to separate out, well, this bit's pagan because the druids decorated trees, you know, 2,000 yeah. years ago. You and, can break some of it out, though. You can yeah. be like, okay, the tree came from this region, the mistletoe came from that region, this comes from over there. It's none of it originated with Christianity. Well, Christmas did. No, no, I would argue that that's not even true <laughs> because all the scholars seem to agree that Jesus wasn't born on December twenty fifth. No, so Christmas should be in April. Right. I think what I meant by that is literally the Christ mass, mass, the so mass of Christ, definitely that, desecrated. But it shouldn't be. Yeah, it should be in April. Year. and so one of the, you know, when I was a more militant pagan and, and <laughs> when, to, yeah, I'm not quite so bad as I used to be, but you know, the whole thing of them. Mover and Jesus's birthday, so they could steal winter solstice. Blah blah blah. And now right. I'm like, whatever. But you know, yeah. Yeah. I think you can pull some of those things. No, no, without a doubt, you can. But I think at this point, so much is intertwined. Yeah. Um, and some of it is supposition, and some of it is bad history, and yeah. you know. But I, I actually think, I would like to think that we have moved past necessarily needing to separate it and can look at it as if you look at you know the 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 major religions and paganism Mm -hmm. virtually all of them have a celebration at this time of year right well i think the whole reason that it becomes an argument for uh you know well this is actually 
you just stole the Christmas tree from the Norse, you know, is because there is this idea that older is better. Right. Older um, means it's more real. And that's just not true. Yeah. You know, I mean, there is some, I get it, there is some validity to, to that, but not really. It worked. And so another culture came along and co-opted it or borrowed it or changed the name of it or whatever. And that's complicated and troublesome, yes. But older does not necessarily mean better. Well, I also think the other side of it is, okay, so things were co-opted, stolen, borrowed, incorporated yeah. uh, in wonderful and terrible ways. Yes. But what we have today, here's the thing, in our lifetime we'll get so many winter solstices. Mm -hmm. That's it. So we can choose to fight about whose origin started it or where it, you know, who's, who's got the oldest meme. Um, <laughs> but the reality of it is we only get so many times to celebrate this dark moment and this light moment. Yeah. So just fucking embrace what it is for you right now and don't worry about what yeah. everybody else is doing. Well, and I think, you know, I spend... <laughs> that was my soapboxy moment, sorry. <laughs> no. I don't disagree, and I spend you know enough time on social media, and I uh, there's a there are many many moments where I feel like the old lady who's like all oh, these fucking kids and their dumb ideas, and why are you guys trying to change everything? And there are lots of times I feel like that where I'm like, oh Christ. Likewise, just to be fair to you, you've also still feel like the kid that's like, no, change everything, damn you. Sort of, yeah, but. Yeah. But I'm noticing, like, because witchcraft and paganism is so um, interesting right now, you know, there's so many people kind of coming aboard or mm -hmm. finding it. It's kind of um, popular at the moment mm -hmm. that there is this wave of young people who are looking at some of the older traditions that I might think of as tradition and going, yeah, but why, but no. You know what, and I'm so I'm enjoying some of this new blood energy into the craft, into paganism, where they're like, "But I don't live in Scotland. My bio region doesn't match what they did in England. Why yeah. are we following the Norse system when we live in Los Angeles or New Mexico or Florida?" You know, so I I do think that there is a movement right now of localizing your witchcraft localizing your magic localizing your paganism which i am awful me too and so i appreciate that what does what does winter solstice mean where you live or how do you know what time it gets dark do you know what time the sun rises you should yeah you know are you prepared for that longest night what are you going to do what would make sense you know, is your town hustling and bustling, typically, this year withstanding, notwithstanding? Yeah. You know, is there some sort of event that your town puts on every year that would be a wonderful way to ritualize and connect into the secular energy of your town? You know, like, I, those I, are the things. I think about that. Like, what a subversive little coven gathering. <laughs> you know, yeah. again, in a different world, but yeah. um, what a subversive little coven gathering right. to go to your local town's tree lighting yeah. and use that as the beginning right. of your winter solstice Start ritual that light is returning song and with your little coven at a tree lighting ceremony in your downtown 
Yeah. Other people will start singing along, not even knowing mm-hmm. they're singing a pagan chant. Right. And there you go. Right. And there Total it is. Power kind of, the town. Well, with a tree that's shaped like a cone, even. Yeah. You know, most Christmas trees have got yeah. that sort of conical shape to yeah, it. Yeah, but that's know. what I'm saying. You know, look at your look at the community you're already a part of. Secular, pagan, whatever. What makes sense yeah. for your life and your and your part of the world? What we do here in Northern California might not make sense for someone from Minneapolis. It's yeah. snowing there, you know. It's a whole other like it's a whole other reality than the one I know. Right. We we can go. We might need a sweatshirt, but we can go to the beach on solstice. And if you tried yeah. to go outside in shorts and a sweatshirt in Minneapolis, you'd die. Well, I mean, I would probably think that I would die here in shorts and a t-shirt because I'm a wuss. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's a. I like this trend of of bringing witchcraft more to the local than this yeah. like trying to fit it into what the and first of all or second of all or third of all European style no there's no fucking European style there are dozens of countries that make up Europe and so to say oh this is European no buddy no it ain't no and so that irks me too so why are we trying to fit a square peg into a round hole you know right, figure right. out you and your bioregion and your your coven you as a practitioner you know yeah Blah, blah, blah. My now. Yeah, no. no, I'm a big fan of that. You know, uh, there are English people and Spanish people and Welsh people and Irish people and German people and Portuguese people and whatnot. And they're all different. They might all live on the continent of Europe or be off, yeah. you know, one of the islands near the continent of Europe. But there, there is no Europe. And they don't like in to that be regard. lumped in together. No. <laughs> because no. they're autonomous countries. Mm. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's like someone thinking that because I'm American, I'm from Texas. Well, I'm from California, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <You> <laughs> Which know? is different. It is. Yeah. It's vastly different. Yeah. And and that too, you know, trying to follow what ancient Europeans would have done. Well, also, I live in a huge country, landmass, you know. So what, what, I even live in a huge state. So what works seven hours south is still the same state, but it's very different than what would work here. Well, so, and five hours north. Yeah, so I really encourage practitioners to connect with their own land, pay attention on winter solstice, what is it like? And then next year, is it the same? Is that something you can count on? Yeah, you know? which is that long magic again. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it should take a long time. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of a long time, we've been, <laughs> <laughs> we've been waffling on for about uh, 55 minutes now. And we... Yeah, time to go. Well, that was quick. Fuck <laughs> off. Jeez, I didn't even get to say goodbye properly. See, that's the difference between Phoenix and I. Uh, Phoenix ghosts, and I'm yeah. like, say goodbye to everyone. Yeah, and I've heard it called the French or the Irish goodbye. Both would be appropriate based on my ancestry, but I just leave. Yeah, you do. Yeah. One minute you're there, and the next one, what? It's Phoenix. Yeah, I'm in the car honking, going, Guion, stop talking to everybody. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I'm going to keep talking now. So we've got a minute or two okay. left. Uh, thanks for listening in. Yeah. We thoroughly enjoy doing these little tell podcasts. Yeah, tell your friends. We can see how many people listen to the show, you know, so uh, the eight or million people that listen to the show. <laughs> Thank you very much. We'll send you $10 later. Yeah, no, we won't. Um, <laughs> Merry Christmas. Happy winter solstice. Merry... What else is there? Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Happy yeah. Kwanzaa. Uh, I think that's it. I'm sure there's others. Whatever it is that you celebrate, 
Enjoy them. Saturnalia. Yeah. St. Lucia's Day. Mm. Revel in them all. Yeah. Whatever. Light some candles. They all have candles. Yeah. Light candles safely. You know, remember to put them out. Um, yeah. No Christmas blazers. Don't yeah, don't do that. But seriously, have a wonderful this time of year. Mm -hmm. uh, revel in the magic of the darkness if you're in a place where it's dark. And if you're listening to this in the southern hemisphere, um, God, enjoy summer, right? It's the yeah. height of summer. Unless you're listening to this six months from now and then happy yeah. winter solstice. Happy winter solstice to you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just really thoroughly enjoy this time of year. The, the lot of it, the... The secular part of it, if that's what you do. Yeah. The Santa Claus and the eggnog and the ugly sweater contests. Yeah, I like that. All of that. Mm -hmm. uh, make your house pretty with gumdrop-looking lights and twinkle lights. And, you know, if you're like, bollocks, that's all a bunch of nothing, then enjoy sitting at home. Bar no, sit at home and enjoy your, your winter solstice drinks. Yeah. Anywho. Anyway, that's it. Thanks for listening. Yeah, nice seeing you again, Phoenix, by oh, the way. Yeah, me. yeah. All right. Merry Kwanzaa Home Christmas. Good night. <laughs>